Come on, there must be something you're excited about. I went to Art Central. Why? Did you win tickets? No. <laughs> no, I went because I'm a cultured person. Actually, do you know what is really funny? I was talking to someone at the office and I saw that they actually had a VIP pass to Art Central. And I was like, you went to Art Central? He's like, oh yeah, I had a free ticket. I know someone who, you know, helps organise it. And I was like, oh cool, I went as well. And they're like, really, you went? Do you have a free ticket? It's like, no, I, I paid like a chump to go in. And they're like, oh, I didn't think you'd be into art. And I was like, what are you saying, man? And he's like, oh, I just, I just didn't think you would be into art. It's like, I'm not sure how to take that. We can't be friends anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I think he said something like, oh, you seem too sporty. And I was like, what? This is like this good this is, save. This is wrong on so many fronts. You know, that's that's a win for you. I guess you've never been described as sport in your life. No, quite so. This is e-sporty. <laughs> <laughs> so how was it? It was much more expensive than I realized actually. I just turned up on the Sunday morning and was like one ticket please and then they said that will be $340. And $340, that's like 30 quid. What, what do you get? You get to go into a tent full of art. Wait, wait, a tent full of art? It's quite a big tent. Technically, it's two quite big tents. So, down by the harbour front in central Hong Kong, hence the name Art Central. And it is the same weekend as this other big art show in Hong Kong called Art Basel. So that's been and gone as well? Yeah, they were both the same weekend. I originally wanted to go to Art Basel. Art Basel is actually also really expensive. It's like $400. But Art Basel is massive. It's like two whole floors of the convention centre. So, you know, you can be there for literally a whole day and still be just seeing new stuff. So I knew Art Basel was really expensive, but it's also just like, so much stuff from all over the world that they've brought there like new art old art so it's like hong kong's premier art show but art basel is also just i don't know i don't know what to, is it bourgeois <laughs> i should really look up what that word means <laughs> it's it's just full of poses i think like it sells out and if you try and buy a ticket on the door, you can be queuing for hours. So I didn't buy a ticket in advance and thus it sold out. And I was like, well, I'm not going to queue for hours. Screw this. I'm going to go to Art Central because Art Central, you can just rock up and buy a ticket. Probably because it turns out it costs 30 quid. <laughs> for two tenths. For two tenths. But it was actually pretty good as well. It was better than it was better than I expected. Did you buy anything? I didn't buy anything. They did have some things for sale. So there were some price stickers, but they were like 50,000 US dollars. So I didn't buy anything. I actually did ask for a couple of paintings. I was like, is this for sale? But the guy was like, oh no, it's going back to this gallery in Japan. I was like, oh, okay. To be honest, I'm not even sure why I asked. Like, I'm not sure what I would have done if they'd be like, oh, yes, sir, that'll be a hundred thousand US dollars. I'd have been like, okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Financing, please. <laughs> but no, I didn't buy anything. I showed you the pictures by the artist that I asked about. What was your reaction? Don't do it. Why do it? <laughs> Don't do it. They were just really cool. It was just like really, I don't know. I think. Maybe I was just delirious that day, but I just saw them and I was just like, boom, like, so striking. Japanese dragons? I don't know how else to explain them. It's just, it doesn't really come out well in the, like, the photo that I took of the picture. So, in real life, they were just really striking. Like, it was actually painted on wood and the background was actually gold leaf. So, it was just, like, really bright and vivid. And then... The actual brushwork was just so intricate and detailed. It was like, I, I can't even describe it. I'll just, I'll put a picture of the artist's work in the show notes. I feel like gold leaf says it all. It's just so blingy. No, no. <laughs> it, it wasn't like blinging. It was, it was just really cool. So the artist is called Phoebe, F-E-E-B-E-E. -E -E -E. 
she's a Japanese artist. She used to make CD cover art, I think it says in her biography. And then a few years ago, she just pivoted to just doing like fine art. And yeah, it's just crazy. The funny thing is, if you Google Phoebe, F-E-E-B-E-E, Google will actually say, did you mean Phoebe? P-H-O-E-B-E. Like, you can't spell, I'm going to help you. And I was like, no, I really mean Phoebe. I don't know where you're going with that. I just think I'm better than you, Google. I'm better than you. I just think it's funny that it's like, fin- like Google knows phonetics. Oh. You see, I was trying to say something nice. And you took it the worst possible way. Once again, Ting, you just see the worst in view. Oh, you've revealed yourself to, to the world now. So that was my cultured weekend. I always went to play board games again. Have you got better at bluffing? We fortunately didn't play any bluffing games. Okay. Actually, no, no, we technically did play a bluffing game, but I was not one of the people that had to bluff. So it was all fine. What kind of games are there to play if they're not bluffing games? Like, Monopoly's not a bluffing game. Yeah, we're not, you're not playing Monopoly. I, I can promise you that. I'm trying to remember what we played. We played some game where you were trying to get jewels and controlled boats on a river. <laughs> this sounds more ridiculous than it really was. Actually, no, it was quite ridiculous because the board had plastic discs on to represent the flow of the river and you just had to like push these discs down the game board to wash the boats away. Don't worry. Don't worry. This is irrelevant. This is irrelevant. We played some weird games. Did you win? The important thing is that I won. <laughs> I didn't really I didn't I didn't win the boat game. But I did win the next two games. Which were more important. Which were more important. Obviously the boat game was just the warm up game. That was irrelevant. No, I won the next two. That's what counts. <laughs> best of three. Best of three. <laughs> yeah, we played some game where you had to make trade routes or something. It was supposed to be like cinnamon and paprika or something, but then we were joking that it was ham and cheese because you just had like yellow and red cubes. And then the last game we played was, it wasn't called Saboteur. It was Saboteur something. So Saboteur is this game where you are dwarves mining for treasure and one of you is secretly a saboteur and trying to prevent you getting treasure. But it was some new version of that where you had two teams of dwarves, but secretly on each team one of the dwarves is working for the other team so you have to figure out who's the traitor in your midst and block the other team but help the other team or i don't know it was weird and complicated none of us really understood how to play it and then we kind of just won by accident what is your skill level when it comes to detecting molds spies it's really variable some people have a tell other people, it's not obvious at all. Are you good at reading people? I, I don't know. It's very dependent on the person. I think there are some people who, when they have to bluff, try too hard. And that's something you can pick up on. But sometimes it's just completely, you know, you just literally didn't think it. You know, like, everyone just fixates on another person, and that other person's, like, protesting their innocence. Like, oh, you're protesting too much. You're obviously the traitor. And then this other person who was just really quiet turns out to have been the, you know, the mastermind all along. They stab you in the back at the end. So you won that one? Yeah, we won that one. My team won that one. (laughs) 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 Nothing nothing more to say. Finish it, probably. I have no way to find how to finish it. Do we say we're talking about anything else? Yeah. If um, if you have any suggestions for a three-syllable name, boy's name, uh, just... I think, I think we need a bit more context than that. <laughs> oh, it's happened again. I'm having another baby. You're having another baby? Yeah. Well, technically, April's having a baby. Yeah, she's having another baby. And we've done it again. We don't have a name. And it's six weeks away. <laughs> so you know it's a boy? Yeah. And you want a three-syllable name? I think so. That's all I've got. What am I playing at the moment? Maybe I'll, I'll lift some inspiration from there, like Bloodhound. <laughs> That's two syllables. Oh, shit. <laughs> I suggested... I can't think of any other characters' names. I suggested Redemption. <laughs> because 
April has a theory that you chose your daughter's first name based on playing Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> so your daughter is called Abigail. Yes. I mean, you could call your second one John Marston. <laughs> That's three syllables. Jonathan. John, you, you can't call him Jonathan. You've already got a family member called Jonathan. But John is the same thing. Yeah, it's true. How about Michael? That's two syllables. <sighs> There's no long form of Michael, is there? <laughs> That's it. That's all we can do with it. Carmichael. Carmichael. That's a surname, isn't it? Don't know who can make it a first name. It's Hong Kong. It's Hong Kong. You can totally go with redemption. <laughs> I thought you could say we totally could go with Carmichael. What do you think about Sebastian? Okay, don't take this the wrong way. That's a no. But That's I'm all thinking, I need to hear. Thinking, That's all I need to hear. Under the sea. <laughs> under the sea. Well, if that's your reference point, that's okay. We can do, you know, there are a lot worse names in the world. Okay, one last thing then. How was your April Fool's Day? <laughs> so, I'd just gotten home from work. And I got a message from one of my friends in the UK saying, oh man, crazy day. I was cycling to work and I hit a badger and then it bit me. And I was like, what the hell? You're right. Like badgers are really dangerous. Don't they have TB? And he was like, yeah. Also April Fool's. And I was like, what? It's <laughs> <was> like. <sighs> How did I not see that coming? I feel that it's really important to have a friend in, in your life like that who still respects the the importance of April Fools. I just can't believe that I did believe a story about cycling into a badger. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hi. We're a book club for games. And today we are. I was about to say, and not today. I'm just so used to saying, and not today. But today we are. Today we're going to talk about... Late Shift. Bandersnatch. And Minecraft Story Mode. So, FMV games. Can I say that? Or am I doing a disservice to... Minecraft? <laughs> it's an FMV game now. So what, what's the story behind Late Shift? It's an interactive movie experience. I think originally it was literally shown in cinemas. But in the audience, you would have a little remote control that you would use to vote on what option you wanted taken. And whichever option the majority of the audience picked, it would go with that. So I think... It was literally an interactive cinema experience. But now it's an FMV game. We played it on Steam. Yeah. I think it's also on various other platforms. Let's go back a step. How did you hear about Late Shift? I think in all of the buzz about Bandersnatch, I read some comment... That basically said, if you liked Bandersnatch, you should try Late Shift. It's like Bandersnatch, but much better. And then, well, then we happened to be talking about it on the podcast, and I joked that I was going to buy it, and then we did. Because I made fun of this stupid game. Yeah, you have, you have only yourself to blame for it. <laughs> and so, we played it for the book club. How did you find it? Better than I expected. Much, much better than I expected. Is that because your expectations were in the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting something from from the 90s. 
Actually, yeah, we should probably make a comment about what we mean by FMV games because these are really choose-your-own-adventure games, right? Like, FMV game actually covers this whole other genre of games in the 90s that just used full motion video and not all of them were these choose your own adventure type games there were lots of kind of puzzle games or adventure games as well right like seventh guest or phantasmagoria those are fmv games too right that's what i was thinking yeah but all of these games we've picked are binary decision choose your own adventure games minecraft story mode was not originally but in its netflix incarnation it is so we're just going to talk about Late Shift for a bit? Yeah. So the first five minutes, ten minutes, what were your initial, just to get us going? So you basically make two meaningless decisions right at the start, just to kind of show how the game works. Are they meaningless? Yeah, they're meaningless. I didn't know. I didn't know. Both these decisions are kind of immediately resolved. And I, I think... Bandersnatch is the same. It's kind of just showing you, you know, this is mechanically how the game works. You get to make a choice. So in Late Shift, your first decision is whether you being the last person onto the bus is a selfish act or a selfless act. Is it selfless because you're letting other people go first or is it selfish because the last one on is the first one off and you can pick. But if you say selfless you know, the main character's internal monologue is just going, oh, you're lying to yourself. So you didn't have a choice whether to help the guy or not? That's the second choice. That's the second choice, Ting. Have you forgotten? I've forgotten the order. And then the second choice is when you get off the bus and get to the tube station, a guy asks you for help. And he has the most farcical Italian accent. He's like, scusi, 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 Bond Street. Is that Italian? Actually, I don't even know it's Italian. <laughs> European. European. Borat-esque accent. And you're dashing for the train. And if you choose to help him, you're like, oh, it's over there, mate. And then you just about get onto the train. And if you opt not to help him, he's like, no, 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 help me, help me. And he like gets in your way and then you miss the train. You didn't help him then? I, I, well, I did both. I played this game a few times. So when I started off with this game, I didn't know whether there was the chance of death. Did you know? No, I didn't know. So I did my best to be uncooperative and just do everything in my power to play it straight and not help. You're going to have to explain more than that. Like when you yeah. say play it straight, do you mean like be a law abiding citizen yes. or do you mean go with the flow? Law abiding citizen. So spoilers for late shift. In fact, spoilers for late shift. Spoilers for Bandersnatch, very minor spoilers for Minecraft Story Mode. Late Shift is a game about a heist. And so you end up with a bunch of criminals trying to pull off a heist of an antique from an auction house. And so you were trying to foil the heist and be a good and law-abiding citizen. Yeah, but paying no attention to my livelihood my livelihood my safety safety is a better word so i did everything that was just everything to scupper their plans but I, I learned quite quickly that actually i can't die I, there's no way i can die and i kept being i kept being railroaded into helping them or following through with their plan so which ending did you get out of interest that first time oh Oh, actually, I don't remember. I know the goal dies, and... You delivered the bowl to the hotel? Yes. Okay. But the goal dies? Yeah, the goal dies. And you played through it more than once? I played through it more than once because I was told there was a, a true ending. And there's an achievement for watching all 14 chapters. And I knew I'd missed two, so I had to see the other two. Did you use a guide the second time? Yes, I did. Okay. And you got, inverted commas, true ending. Yeah. Which is unfortunate that there is a true ending. I don't think it's necessarily a true ending. It's just 
the happy ending, right? It's it's the ending where the protagonist gets the money, gets the girl, gets off scot-free. Yes. Whereas all the other endings are actually just really bad. So I played through it four times. Why? I don't know, actually. (laughs) Well, there's some method to it. So I went into this game completely blind. My first playthrough, I didn't know if I could die. And I went along with the heist. I was just trying to stay alive. So, you know, I convinced them they should keep me alive. And then I was just a bit belligerent. I was like, hey, I want his cut. If I'm going to take part in this heist, I want his cut of the profits. And they were surprisingly like, okay, fine. Stole the bowl. Went off like clockwork. But then there's a car crash. Got caught by the Choys, who are like some triad gangster family. Who want the bowl? Who want the bowl? Yeah, you're trying to you're trying to get this antique Ming Dynasty bowl that apparently is like the symbol of honor to this you know gangster family. Got tortured, and then had to figure out where the bowl was because very confusingly, I thought I had the bowl on my possession because we we'd stolen it from the auction house, but then. After being caught by the gangsters, they were like, it's a fake. And I was like, what? And then it transpires that it's a copy of the bowl that Mei, or Mei Ling, one of the accomplices on the heist, actually forged. So the story is this crazy, like, roller coaster. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? This is amazing. Managed to get the real bowl, brought it back to the Choi's at their hotel, and got a bribe of one million pounds from Samuel Parr, the guy who actually tried to pull off this swindle on the gangsters, but then sold him out. But I still had a hundred thousand pounds, so I was like, oh, get in. But then it turns out Mei Ling is dead because she's been killed by the Choi's. And I was like, what? So I played it again. I was like, well, I know what's going to happen now, so I'm going to do the heist better. I'm going to get the money, get the girl, get off scot-free, no, I got exactly the same ending again. <laughs> what did you do better? Inverted commas. So, I managed to avoid being captured by the Choi's the second time round. And then May was with me when we went to the hospital and found out, you know, where the bowl really was. Because, well, let's not go into all the details of the story, but we didn't get caught by the gangsters. But then... You get ambushed by the gangsters anyway, and you still have to play out the last section on your own. And I still ended up going to Samuel Parr's house. I still took the bribe, and I didn't realise that taking the bribe is something that locks you in to an ending. So I got exactly the same ending again. (laughs) And I was like, I've been tricked. This is ridiculous. So I played through it a third time and I thought, I'm going to do something completely different. I'm going to be a law-abiding citizen. And I tried to be as obstructive as possible. I guess it's like your first playthrough. And then I went to the police. I was like, no, we're not going to go and try and sell this bowl to the underworld gang member who said he wanted it. But the whole thing was a lie. And I don't know, there's all this other wibbly wobbly stuff that happens. So I was like, no, I'm going to the police. I'm going to be a law-abiding citizen and just get this over with. But then the police are like, oh... You're the mastermind, right? Or like you're trying to pin it on this poor, innocent Chinese girl, Mei Ling. You're the one who's really behind this. And I was like, what? What the hell is this? And so you're placed under arrest and they try and drive you to prison. But then gangsters like crash into the police car and bust you out and you get taken to the choice. And it it plays out exactly the same way. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I thought that was really clever. I thought. that's so clever clever a clever way to railroad you into the same story and then after that i was like screw this screw the law fuck the police and then i went on a killing spree (laughs) i went i went to samuel parr's house and then i threatened him with a golf club and then when he goes to open the safe i knew from my previous playthrough that there was a gun in there so i took the gun and then i was like fuck this and i shot him and then i shot everyone else and it all went to hell and i got killed by by the choice who show up and i try to shoot them too (laughs) and then i thought 
I clearly can't be trusted with my own decisions. <laughs> I'm going to read a guide and I'm going to get the good ending. And then I got the good ending. So that was my fourth playthrough. And that fourth playthrough, I thought was really clever. Because you take some risks and you learn that the bowl is in this chest that's going to be delivered in van number seven. And you get into van number seven. It's all it's like, oh, this is very smart. And then there's this final bamboozle where it's the real bowl, but you pretend to Samuel Parr that it's a fake. And so when you go there and you give him the bowl and you tell him, of course, it's not the real bowl. And he pretends that he's going to drop it and you get the ending, the fool. But then you don't try and catch the bowl and he catches the bowl because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to risk dropping it in case it's the real bowl. And so, of course, then he believes it's a fake because you didn't try to prevent him dropping it. And so you get the ending, the ploy, and that's like the good ending. He transfers, well, in my case, £6.25 million to May's bank account. But secretly, you've set him up and you record him saying that he's the one who did the original switcheroo to try and swindle the Choi's out the bowl. And so the Choi's take him away because they're a gangster triad family of nastiness. And you escape scot-free with £6.25 million and Mei Ling, who you've shacked up with. I was really quite impressed after I got the good ending. And in my personal notes, I wrote, I was totally wrong about this game. It doesn't really lock you into a particular ending. You can change things at the last minute. That fool ploy thing was really clever. And then I watched the fool ending. So basically what happens if you try and stop him from dropping the bowl and then i was like this game is bullshit what happens when you try to stop him from dropping the bowl so he then realizes that the bowl is the real bowl and then he's just like this bowl is a waste of time you know who cares if the choice won it screw you and he just smashes the bowl and he takes out a golf club and hits you with it and then you stumble injured out of his house carrying the fragments of the bowl and then the choys see you there with the smashed bowl and they're like oh and they take may away and you're left with nothing what happens to pa pa just shuts the door on you he's just in his house he gets away scot-free as well and i was like this makes zero sense because pa is willing to pay millions of pounds for the bowl but pa's in debt I don't understand why he's even paying you in the first place. What? what why, since when is Par in debt? Isn't that why he's trying to... S- I thought that's why he desperately needed... I thought he did, needed the money. No. He just wants money. No, he knows that the choice won't let him keep the bowl because to them it's a symbol of their family's honour. I mean, that's a ridiculous Chinese stereotype too, but he knows the choice won't let him keep the bowl. So he has to sell the... He has to get rid of the bowl to the choice. Otherwise, they'll never leave him alone. So he does this thing to try and make them think that they've got the bowl or that the bowl has been destroyed so he can keep the bowl because he really appreciates Chinese art. He wants the bowl. Okay. So if he's willing to pay millions of pounds to get the bowl, why would he just smash it? It it just... For me, it was just too much. It was just like, okay, this writing is just bonkers then forget it i'm glad i didn't see that ending anyway anyway some comments i mean some thoughts on the execution they do reuse videos a few times so there are multiple paths that can lead to the same video and sometimes it causes the video not to really make sense or videos are cut at funny angles so sometimes you're with someone, but sometimes you're not, but they're there in the scene. I, mean, I guess just for practical reasons, they couldn't re-record literally every permutation. But it does not, it's not too jarring. It's only because it's just funny more than anything. It's just funny. Well, I thought some of them are quite subtle. Like there's, there's a bit where you arrive at the hotel and you've got the bowl and you present the bowl to the choice. And the Choi's then instruct one of the gangsters to pick up the bowl and walk out shot with the bowl. And then later on, 
they walk into shot and put the bowl down on the table. And then in a different playthrough, I got there without the bowl. But then it played a slightly different version of the scene where I just sat down and didn't present the bowl to them. And then that same gangster walks into shot and puts the bowl down on the table. And I was like, ah, very clever. So that's why he picked up the bowl and walked out of shot. Because you knew there was going to be another version of this where I didn't have the bowl on me, but I'd given it to you earlier. Very smart. But there are other times where they haven't finessed it quite so well. Okay, my other main observation. Ludicrous racial stereotypes. This is just an excuse for you to do some accents. (laughs) There were just so many in this game. You've got the... I mean, accents aside, you've got the Chinese family for whom the bowl is a symbol of honour. I mean, you what, mate? There's the Italian dude at the start. There's the drunk Irish man. I mean, come on. And then there's the Chinese waiter who mixes up L's and R's. He's like, memory queering. I was just like, what the hell? You're very sensitive to these things. I actually just always wonder whether they're just putting on the accent or if it's their real accent. I actually think it may be their real accent. I actually went to the trouble of looking up the actor who plays the waiter that says Memory Queering. He's actually in Batman Begins. He's one of the guards in the Bhutanese prison? Is it Bhutan? I don't know. He's one of the guards in the prison that Batman is in. And I think his accent sounds the same there. But then again, he's still playing like an Asian guard. So maybe he would be putting on the same fake accent. Like, I I don't know. It's possible it is their real accent. Like, Mr. Wu, he's kind of got a British Chinese accent, right? There's a few people who have, like, they're speaking Cantonese, but with a British accent. Wait, how do you know <laughs> this? How can you tell? I can understand a bit of Cantonese, having lived here so long. And it's real Cantonese, right? Yeah, it is. You could understand them. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm, too, maybe I'm being too harsh on it. I think so. What did you think about this game, just quickly, before we, we move on? I did quite like it on the whole. On the whole, I did enjoy it. Because I hadn't played Bandersnatch, I thought this was very clever. Oh, so you played this before Bandersnatch? Yes. I played this after. I like the fact I didn't see all the chapters. You, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you play these games. Exp- <laughs> I, I think you play these games logically, expecting that you can make the right decision given the circumstances because they foreshadow the next event. You totally play it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Because this was all new to me and there was a lot of novelty, I quite liked not knowing whether my decision was achieving the desired effect. So I really liked this game because of the novelty factor. It was pretty good. I mean, it's basically like watching an hour-long heist film. Except you can fuck it up. Except you can fuck up. (laughs) Except there are plenty of ways to completely screw yourself. There are plenty of ways to think oh, wow, well, at least I'm still alive. And then armed police! It feels like half the endings, armed police just burst in at the end for no apparent reason to arrest you. Or you die. (laughs) But never until right at the end, the game always lasts about the same amount of time. You always make it all the way to the end. And then you win or armed police. (laughs) I think that's to the game's credit. Bandersnatch. Meta, 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 meta. Far too meta. This... I was going to say this game. Is it a game? I guess it's a game. This piece of interactive media knows that it's a choose-your-own-adventure. The the story itself. Well, it's a story about a guy writing 
a choose-your-own-adventure game. And it's wildly divergent. But we mentioned in Late Shift just now, you always make it to the end of the story. But there's loads of ways in this to not make it to the end of the story. In fact, one of the very early choices in the game, so you, you, know, you get your two meaningless choices. What music do you want to listen to? What cereal do you want to eat? And then, is it the very next choice? I'm not sure. You get the choice of whether to go and work from the Tuckersoft office on your game or work from home. And if you choose to work from the office with the support of like the team and everything, there's a big time skip. You write a lackluster game, you get a bad review, and then you get a super meta, you made the wrong choice, game over. That was jarring. And then rewind and you can choose differently. Were you happy with that? Happy about that? I wasn't unhappy about that. I thought I thought it was very interesting. I, well, that's the structure of the game. That is actually the structure of the whole game. Because you go back and because it's Black Mirror and super weird and meta, even your character has some memory that they've gone back. Because the first time round, you're at the Tuckersoft offices and their genius programmer is demoing their new game and then there's a bug and he tells you, oh, I know it's this blah, blah, blah error. And when you go back the second time round, you have the option to tell him, oh, obviously that's a blah, blah, blah error, which you didn't know before, but because you've been there before, you know, and then he reacts weirdly. He's like, how did you know that? So the entire game is structured around these make your choices, get to an end, and then go back and make a different decision. And when you go around the next time, sometimes you get options you didn't have the first time. So it's kind of loopy in more ways than one. And the stories it tells you are very different. There's the standard stories about making the game and how does the game turn out. But there's also a whole load of really, really weird ones. Like, you can go back in time to when you're a child and your mother is killed in a train crash and you didn't get on the train because you were upset that you couldn't find your stuffed toy. But you can go back in time and hide your stuffed toy and then, as a result, your father doesn't take your toy away because he can't find it. So you do have your stuffed toy, so you're not upset, so you can get on the train with your mother, and then you're in the train crash too, and then you just die in the future. You didn't get this ending. No. Okay. So there's weird endings like that. I did ask you about the weird endings, and you said, if you want to, and there was no way I wanted to see these weird endings. And that's the whole reason I avoid Black Mirror in the first place. Really? It's just too messed up. It's it's cool. It's cool. Expand your mind. See fucked up stuff. I don't need more exposure to fucked up stuff. Sorry, we're having a very sweary episode. <laughs> I apologise for the language. I feel like they're used in the right context. Well, we have no choice but to swear because even Bandersnatch swears. I think you really didn't like the fourth wall breaking path whereas i actually really did why it was just so ridiculous that you specially called this out that you didn't like it no and i specially wrote a whole section about how i did like it i just think it's particularly funny that we've got these really opposite opinions i don't think we're ready for this you know if this came out 10 years after interactive films or interactive movies, then we can have this commentary. Why put it in now? You're just going to stunt the adoption of interactive media. People aren't ready for this. I'm not ready for this even. <laughs> you just don't appreciate weird artwork. <laughs> Maybe they know that interactive media is a dead end. And this was a fun experiment, but they may as well get all they can out of it because it's not worth doing it again. 
Oh, well, then, well done. Well done. This is like a, a notice to Netflix. It's not going to work. The fourth wall-breaking path. The guy is hallucinating. Well, he's not really hallucinating, but he he's like, what's going on? Because his computer is talking to him. And he'll say, like, who is this? And you can choose to reply, Netflix. And he's like, what's Netflix? And he's saying, it's a streaming media thing. He's like, I don't understand because it's the 80s. Wait, wait, is this a path? Does everyone have to, will everyone see this? Is this on the main path? There, there is no main path. Like the game, you make your choices, you get to an ending and then it loops back and you can make a different choice. So there is a way to get here. If you play it long enough, you'll keep looping back and get to choose different options and you'll eventually get here. But there is no main path, I would say. Okay. So you break the fourth wall. You go and talk to your therapist about it, about how you're on some sort of TV show in the future from the 21st century. And your therapist says to you, if you're really on TV and all of this is to entertain someone, so why aren't you in a more entertaining scenario? I mean... Wouldn't you want a little bit more action if you're watching this now on telly? And then the two options you have are yes and fuck yeah. Oh, backtracking on what I said earlier. I love this. <laughs> and then whichever one you choose. It's the same. You pick up your cup of tea and you throw it in her face. And then she kicks over the table and pulls out two like nightsticks. And starts to beat you up. And this huge fight ensues. And your dad jumps in? Your dad jumps in and drags you out in a headlock. And your character is just laughing manically and going, fucked you up good and proper with my friend from the future. So I, I did make one comment here. You're, so you're not role playing the character. You're controlling the character. How, how, how do you see it? How, how do you place yourself in this? Yes, you're right. There's somehow like an extra degree of separation. Because in Late Shift, you kind of are that guy. But in this, you're that guy, but you're not really. You're just, you're just choosing what happens in the story. And often choosing what happens in the story is choosing what that guy does. But sometimes it's not. Like when you choose whether the TV says, this is Netflix. Ba-dung. So there is an extra level of separation. How many endings did you see? I think I saw all of them. I mean, I, I haven't seen literally every video because I think there are some endings that have a few variants and I haven't seen all the variants. But I think I have seen every possible like major family of ending and in true black mirror style there's no happy ending like i really felt for the guy like i you mentioned that i was trying to you know the way i played late shift and i you know i was trying to make decisions that i thought would win right like i was playing to win and i did the same in this i was trying to make the guy live his best life like i was trying to write a five-star game and be happy and get over my past demons and get through therapy and you know be neurotypical but there's no <laughs> happy ending in your attempt to do that what did you get i think the first ending i got was i managed to finish writing the game and it was lackluster but no other consequences. Yeah. I mean, I guess... That's good. Is that good? Well, it's better than what what else comes up. It's lame. Who wants to be mediocre? Shoot for the moon. And end up killing everyone else. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the problem. Like, the best ending is the one... Oh, it's terrible calling this the best ending, but the one where you write a five-star game comes at the cost of you killing your father. Like, you go mad. And then... Are there any armed police? 
<laughs> There's no armed police. How but does that one end? I assume you get caught eventually. Oh, but you don't. You don't see it happen. You just see the five star review and then you see like your dad's severed head just like on the side table while you're watching the review on TV. And, you know, the guy is saying the secret was there's no way to put in every choice. Just give the illusion of choice. But there's only one story. There's only one path. And it's like meta, 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 meta. You know, again, it's like, oh, you're so self-referential and clever Black Mirror. Eye rolling. Second time round? Well, for me, I just played it in one long sequence. Because each time you get to an ending, you can go back. And I guess when you've seen every ending, then it rolls the credits. So I played it until it rolled the credits. And there's kind of... Well, there's like a post-credits kind of ending where you're in the future and you are watching the daughter of the Rockstar programmer and she is writing a modern version of Bandersnatch, which is, again, self-referential and weird. There is an ending I didn't get, actually. There's a secret ending. So, because Black Mirror and Easter eggs and so on, there's an ending where it's like the opening scene... But instead of choosing what music to listen to, he instead pulls out a tape that says Bandersnatch Demo and he puts it in his Walkman and it plays, you know, like modem sounds. I mean, technically they're not modem sounds. They are, you know, cassette loading sounds. And if you take that audio and play it into a spectrum, as in the super old school computer, it will actually load a program that displays a QR code. And if you decode that QR code, it's actually the URL of a website. And that website contains a link to download, amongst other things, the actual nosedive game. It actually doesn't show up there immediately. You actually have to click on like history a few times. And each time you click on it, like the page like glitches and changes. So it will show like Bandersnatch coming soon, Bandersnatch cancelled and so on. And like... Eventually, you get to a version of the page that has Nosedive on it. And that page lets you download an actual literal Spectrum game that you can run on a real Spectrum or on an emulator, obviously. And it's, it's Nosedive. It's the game that the, you know, the Rockstar programmer was writing. So that's a pretty cool Easter egg. Yes, it is. They went to the trouble of writing not one, but two actual Spectrum programs. Did you follow through? And what? And play the game. (laughs) No, I just watched it on YouTube. Come on, man, it's the 21st century. No one has time to actually play the game. Everyone just watches it on YouTube and pretends they've played it. What would be really meta is if there was no actual game and everyone just pretended that they played the game. And then we're all living in a Black Mirror episode. That would actually be amazing if the actual game didn't exist and they just seeded the internet with loads of videos of people allegedly playing this game. That'd be incredible, actually. So you just played this for a bit and got to an ending and were like, I can't take this anymore because Black Mirror. Yeah. So what ending did you see? The one where it's a movie. Oh, really? That was the only one you did? I did message you and say, do I need to see the the fucked up, messed up ones? And you said, well, only if you'd like to. I'm like, I don't want to. Ting. It's fine. It's fine. It's funny. Black Mirror is really not your jam. No, it's just too fucked up. It's not your thing at all. Yeah, I don't want to explore that part of my... (sighs) Is this the only... Black Mirror you've watched I've watched a couple one the one where they get the machine pairs them with people yes okay well, I'm not I'm not against watching Black Mirror but in the limited amounts of time I have there are other things to watch I can respect that this is not your cup of tea <laughs> for five minutes <laughs> and then I'm straight back to judging you that ting He has no taste. (laughs) I thought he did, but then I was wrong.
Any more? One final random comment. The UI on Bandersnatch and Late Shift, they are really similar. Like, to the extent that I actually wondered if they were written by the same people. But I think it's just a case of, like, convergent evolution. Like, there's only so many ways to display two options and a timer. I could find no evidence that there was any connection between the two things. Nothing built can last forever, and every legend, no matter how great, fades with time. With each passing year, more and more details are lost, until all that remains are myths, half-truths. To put it simply, lies. And yet, in all the known universe, between here and the Far Lands, the legend of the Order of the Stone endures, unabridged as self-evident fact. Minecraft Story Mode? So neither of us finished this. We both just watched a bit. You watched more than me, in fact. Yeah, I watched three episodes, but actually that... I don't understand what the Netflix time really means. Because, well, is it always consistent in length? Or surely the length is determined by how much or what you choose? I don't know, because maybe all of the options are about the same length. I guess it could be different if the time it gives is the aggregate time if you were to watch all of the options versus a single run-through. Yeah, I don't know. I spend a lot of time watching this. So, similar to Late Shift, this is not the original format for this game. So in the same way that Late Shift was originally some interactive cinema experience and then became a game on Steam, this was originally a game on Steam and has now become a choose-your-own-adventure on Netflix. The Steam version was literally a traditional computer game. Whereas this is playing a bunch of video sequences and you have binary choices. What kind of surprised me about this is that it actually came out before Bandersnatch. Mm. So this was originally released on November 27th, 2018. And I just don't think there was that much fanfare about it. Because like Bandersnatch, there was this huge hoo-ha about how Netflix was expanding into interactive media and it was like this phenomenon that everyone was writing about. But Minecraft Story Mode was there first. Like Netflix had already made a foray into interactive media. And in some respects, this is more complex than Bandersnatch 2. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I I mean, I think this is simpler in some respects because it's a linear story but more complex in others because it's tracking more variables over a much longer runtime so they add up those decisions yeah because i think things carry over from one episode to the next but i guess this is kind of targeted at children more or it's less mass market for the main audience that Netflix is aimed at, I suppose. I don't know. For whatever reason, it didn't get anywhere near as much like media coverage. We'll never see the numbers, but it would have been interesting to see how many people watched this versus Bandersnatch. I mean, one thing I did think was interesting about this is that there are times when it very clearly says your story is changing or you chose this and you get very clearly notified that you've made a decision that has impacted the story. Because otherwise it's very, I don't feel like I've, I have impacted the story if I'm honest. I mean, it's a pretty weird story. I, I suppose they had to try and make a story out of Minecraft, which is a sandbox survival game with no story. Meh, whatever. Yeah, it didn't really grab me, but I don't think I'm the target audience. Even though I love Minecraft, but I don't love Minecraft for the story. (laughs) 
but it's quite jarring. There'll be moments where you expect quick time events, or there's a moment of you're trying to escape the enemies, or there's a fight, and all you do is have to watch, and you feel like, oh, I felt this is quite passive. So I think in the original game, there were genuinely combat moments or quick time events, and yes, they have been stripped down to just FMV. <laughs> you haven't played the original, right? Nope. I went and watched on YouTube some Let's Plays of people playing the actual original game, and I was actually surprised because in the original game, there are actually more options. How? So, I mean, I don't know if it's always the case, but, you know, in this game, I think it's always a binary choice, right? For for the dialogue options, at least. You know, what do you think of this? And you'd be like, I love it. I hate it. And then in the original game, there were like four options instead. Oh. So, you know, there were more choices. Or in this game, you can choose to be male or female. But in the original game... There were three male options with different skin tones and three female options with different skin tones. So there were like six options rather than two. Was it better? It's just been pared down a bit. But I think, you know, the gist of the game is in there. So I I, I think it's quite impressive. I think it's quite clever. It's just kind of funny in a way that they didn't make more of it in terms of like its impact on release like it didn't get more media coverage that you can play games on netflix now until bandersnatch you know that was the thing that got everyone talking but minecraft is such a big brand everyone plays minecraft well there was some news the other day that the minecraft java edition has now sold 30 million copies but you know you're saying everyone plays minecraft i think at some point, Minecraft went from something uber geeks play to something kids play. And now it's like, Minecraft is not for me anymore. It's sad. You know, there was a time when Minecraft was all about building ridiculous redstone contraptions and like, oh, look, I made a GPU in Minecraft. And now it's like, uh, lol, a creeper blew up my base. Actually, Minecraft is always about a creeper blew up my base, but... You didn't make any GPUs in Minecraft. No, you're right. I, I, I just trolled people by <laughs> burying TNT around the place. Alright, let's sum up. So having played three choose-your-own-adventure FMV games, to compare and contrast, I mentioned just now, Minecraft Story Mode is very explicit about when you've changed the story, about when you've chosen a major path. Late Shift... I feel is not like late shift you make many decisions I have no idea how many decisions really impact the story I think it tries to give the impression that there's a lot going on but like the meta story of Bandersnatch it's all the illusion of choice rather than real choice so you know May will say, oh, you know, because I'm worth it. And you can choose to agree with her or disagree with her. Or May will hold up her hand for you to high-five, and you can either high-five her or leave her hanging. Things like that. And are those moments incrementing a counter on some secret May affection score that determines whether or not May tries to kiss you and you have the option of, you know, getting together with May? Or... Are all those choices meaningless? And regardless of what happens, if you end up in the hotel, May will try and kiss you. There's a score. Really? Like, you have to encourage her to increase the bid as one. But if you don't do any of those things, if you stop her from bidding, if you don't high-five her, if you say that she's not worth it, whatever, will she still try and kiss you anyway? You know, is there any way to find this out, short of playing the game yet another time? And then realising that it's all an illusion. I know you have to high-five her. No, not high-five her. You have to encourage her to up the beard so that you get her at the end. I have no idea about the intermediate step of her kissing you in the hotel room. But it's good. It's good that it's grey. I guess this is literally the point that Bandersnatch was making, right? You don't have to give people the real choice. The illusion of choice is enough. If they had gone and made 
a thousand variants of every video in late shift and have you know to my comment that they reuse some videos if they had really gone and recorded thousands of variants would anyone have actually noticed would it have actually made the game much better or would it have just brutally bloated the production cost you would have noticed i would have noticed yeah you're right but no one else would have cared and then the fundamental difference between bandersnatch and the other two minecraft story mode there's a story you go through the episode Whatever you do, you always end up in a position where the next episode can pick up from. Late shift, you can't die. You can do reckless things, like just run away from a guy shooting a gun right at you. You're not going to die. You can just completely try and derail the heist from people with guns standing right next to you and they won't just shoot you. Like, no matter what you do, the story goes on, the heist happens. Yeah, you're you're on your way to the prison someone's going to bail you out nothing can stop you from meeting your destiny with the armed police and then bandersnatch is the opposite weird and wacky stuff happens anything could lead you to an ending but none of them are good i don't know i feel the one where he doesn't go mad and doesn't kill anyone is okay so boring who wants to live a life like that Says the guy who <laughs> just stays in and plays computer games. I'm living my best life. <laughs> but we can agree that a life without murder is a good life. <laughs> well, I suppose if you twist my arm, I'll agree with you. <laughs> I would really like it if you could see a decision tree of all the possible stories and the path that you took and all the paths that you haven't yet seen so you can tell what you missed and then go and engineer that situation so you can see it. I I think maybe they don't do it because that will reveal that so much of it is just the illusion of choice rather than real choice. What what does that serve? I mean, why would you need to see the other options? I want to know what I've missed. And, and to the point of, do I have the time? I don't have the time to speculatively play through it to end up at an ending that I've already seen. You know, like my second playthrough of Late Shift, I ended up in the same place. That's not what we're saying. Do you need to see the other options? Yes. Fine. I mean, no, but each of the times I played Late Shift, I did see something I hadn't seen before, which is cool. But if I continued to play it, there would come a point where I only saw things I had seen before in a different order and then was still missing an ending. You know, I want to know this is your coverage of, you know, the possibility space. Okay. I want to know. You don't You don't care, clearly. No. We're very different people. It's actually really surprising how we can be this different. <laughs> Why do you need to see everything? You experienced it, and that's enough. I experienced it, but I didn't win. <laughs> I mean, one game that I know actually does do this is Detroit Become Human. It's on my backlog. I'm really curious. I mean, maybe Detroit Become Human is the evolution of what these games are. Because, you know, these games are kind of throwbacks. And maybe, you know, what is a truly modern take on this genre? Maybe that is what Detroit Become Human is. But I'm only saying maybe because I haven't actually played it. The um, underlying story... For Late Shift is really clever as a heist plot in itself. If they remade this on Netflix, I'd watch it for sure. Yes. They could definitely put Late Shift on Netflix. They could literally just take the Bandersnatch engine and shove the Late Shift videos in and it would be awesome. Well, they could remake it with the Netflix money. (laughs) Remake it with Netflix money. And it could be awesomer. It's already pretty good. 
Well, yes, it's pretty good, but it could be really good. They they could have better accents. <laughs> better locations. Actually, it was kind of charming that it was set in London as well. I enjoyed that. I'm not sure everyone would have enjoyed it, but I was like, oh, it's like being home. It was actually a good game. I'm actually quite glad I played it. I actually genuinely did enjoy it. That first playthrough was a real roller coaster. Because you don't realise it's there are two bowls in play until quite late for me. Yeah, for me also. I totally didn't understand what was going on until May explained it to me as I was being dragged away. It's a fake. I made a forgery. I made a copy. What? And also because that first playthrough, you don't realise you can't die. Every decision is like, oh god, this is like a life and death decision. Yeah, it was cool. But if you've listened to this without playing it, sorry, now you know. <laughs> That's it. No closure, no pithy final. Late shift on Netflix. That's the takeaway, right? Yeah. Maybe we- new actors. <laughs> sorry, guys. I didn't, yeah, new act, but different, different actors. <laughs> so cruel. <laughs> we were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us an email. Mike.an.ting at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On YouTube. And Twitch as lost levels club on reddit slash r slash lost levels club anywhere else the moon no um facebook (laughs) facebook (laughs) not instagram until we get a dog so michael what are you grateful for today i'm grateful that today is the start of a long weekend it's a three-day weekend in hong kong It's the Rugby Sevens. I'm probably not going to go, but it is the Rugby Sevens, if that's your thing. It's kind of like a party atmosphere in Hong Kong. It's a bit after the fact. It's a bit after the fact. (laughs) By the time you listen to this, it will have been and gone. I'm just waving my arms around in a slightly confrontational manner. No, not really. (laughs) Not really? No, it's like that. It's like that video of the Dark Souls singing, dancing thing. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? I, 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 I read Reddit. (laughs) <laughs> you I see it. this. You, you <laughs> see this a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's been a very stressful week. It's been a week where, for some reason, I've been weirdly angry and just annoyed all week. And, you know, I think it's not just been me. I feel like everyone in the office has just been vaguely irritated and just annoyed. And, like, everyone was just so wound up. And then today, everyone was just like, oh, let's let it all go. Whatever. Just let it go. It's a long weekend. And everyone was just like, screw it, it's 4.30, crack open the beers. It's chilled now, everything's good. Oh, good. So I'm grateful for that. What are you grateful for, Ting? Three-day weekend. (gasps) Boring, I already did that. It's alright, you can have that too. Oh, thanks. (laughs) So Michael says bye. Bye Bye-bye.